Hello, and welcome to Punko's Pod, the internet's official and only podcast of Chronicles Fearless Records, Punko's Ellipses series. We answer the age-old question of hell yeah or yeah nah, and we are once again joined by uh, third co-host of the podcast, Richard S. He actually in the studio today, yes. though. Hey, we made it. Only what? took uh, ten months. A million years. I think the last one was the Mo- was it the Motley Crew episode in January, which is terrifying. January, which was one of the Wrestle Kingdom days. Was it? I'm pretty sure it was. Oh Lord, yeah, yeah. Ah, so it was like the beginning of January, Jan four. Yeah, my goodness, or five. Jan four or five. Yeah, mm. so wah wah we wah. The, the months have started to come. <laughs> Again. And hopefully stop. Yeah. Oh, my <sighs> goodness. Yeah, time can just stop now. Like, I, I like that it's going because it stopped for a while there and I lost my mind for a bit. But, um, yeah, anyway. There are certainly things I am looking forward to uh, getting old over. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having a scooter. On them, like little scooters. Oh, I thought you meant like a razor scooter. I was like, I don't know what you're planning on doing when graduate you graduate from one to the other. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. you say? So you're saying that when I get older, I become a badass? Yeah, exactly. With my razor, if you're not already. Did any either of you ever like? I was, I don't know. I was like a very deprived child because I didn't have a razor scooter when I was a kid. Um, I didn't have one. Yeah, which no, I had a skateboard. Well, bully for you. There was nowhere for me to ride anything yeah, yeah. because I lived in the middle of nowhere. But like on a dirt road. <laughs> yeah. But I still remember like using a friend's razor scooter, but using it barefoot without thinking, oh. and putting my foot on the back brake, and obviously the friction like burnt the crap out of my foot. Ow. So did either of you ever make that mistake? No, because uh. like where I was from, scooters were pretty much seen as being lame. <laughs> so it was skateboards and BMXs. Mm. So yeah, pretty much. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Those things are bloody dangerous though. Mm. I assume they've gotten safer, but yeah. I can imagine the amount of people that have that have smashed their shins doing a tail whip. So yeah, that would mm. suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a very specific pain. <laughs> Razor scooter to the ankle. Pretty sure I saw like a video where that was a punishment for someone who had Ugh. like lost a bet or something was took a took a razor scooter to the shin. That's horrible. Yeah. That does not sound fun. No. No. Not at all. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> this week we are looking at What the Hell by Avril Lavigne as covered by Ashley Scared the Sky. For Punk Goes Pop Volume 4, the Japanese edition. Yeah, we're getting into the uh, Japanese editions. It's taken now. us a while, but yeah, I'm excited to get into them because I think it was only in the last year or so that I realised that, like, Japanese special editions of CDs exist purely for, like, trade reasons. Like, mm. I think there has to be something individual or, like, unique about a product over there in terms of, like, just imports, that kind of okay. thing. Yeah, Which it's, is, yeah, it's to encourage consumers to buy, like, the city yeah. specifically for their market, I think. Exactly. Rather than importing. Yeah. yeah. And it probably goes without saying, but these are all Japanese bands that cover the songs yeah. as well. Duh. But, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's... I always wondered why when you get, like, a CD 
and it's the Japanese special edition, mm. or you see the Japanese yeah. special edition. Yeah, exactly so, that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's answered that question. Mm. Thank you for that. So, yeah, a user on Metafilter who has not specified, yeah, they explained it's invariably cheaper for Japanese buyers to import CDs rather than purchase them in their local record store. The extra tracks are there to provide an incentive for buying the domestic version. Without the extra tracks, Japanese retailers are reluctant to sell the CDs, knowing that a large portion of the potential purchases will simply be importing the product. That's interesting, because there are a lot of, like, really elaborate record stores in Japan. Yeah! Just, like, walls and walls of CDs. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They don't seem reluctant. Mm. Oh, someday we'll get there. Mm. Mm. We are. There is a special reason, though, that I feel like we're doing Avril Lavigne today. Yes, it's because I've hijacked the pod. Well, <laughs> actually, it's it's Emma's. It was Emma's doing. Because it was my doing. It's long been a bone of contention that I had never listened to Avril Lavigne's debut album "Let Go" from two thousand and two. Yes. So last week, I think it was last week. Yes, yeah, it was. Emma bought me a copy on CD. I did. And pressed it into my hands and was like, <laughs> let's do this. Do you, do you know what, though? We were listening to that CD for the first time together. Yes. At the same, as well. Cause I oh, was, nice. I was listening to it while you were listening to it, and that was my first yes. full Yay. listen. Because, yeah, we did, a, we did a full live tweet we did. and everything, yeah. which was fun. A lot so of fun. good. <laughs> we'll chuck the uh, unrolled yeah. thread link in our show notes because it is a joy to read. But, um, yeah, that was I, – I have a habit of sort of like that – you've never seen Breaking Bad? Like, it's just <laughs> – <laughs> like, when I first met Sam, and I, could, I think I've grown out of it, but, like, we went to Dixon's Recycled, so, like, yeah. mm. secondhand CD shop in Melbourne, and, yeah, I – we left after I had purchased him a copy of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness because I was yeah. like, you have to hear this. Um, and so similar with Let Go, I was like, A, I can't believe you haven't listened to this yet. We have mm. to fix that. But B, it is so good that you have to hear it. Yeah. So and, I must admit mm. I was nervous when we started that listening exercise that you'd be like, this is rubbish. What are you talking <laughs> about? Um, so, no, I feel very fulfilled. I have closure in that compartment of my life you got me to listen to that and because i'd never listened to to afi's december underground in full at that point so you got me to listen to those i should now nearly 10 years later get you to listen to a couple of my favorites <laughs> yeah every 10 years we'll just take it in turns okay and yeah. just like so, speed each other so it won't be like our actual anniversary it'll be like november 1st or something whenever we went to dixon's <laughs> that I'll, I'll get you i'll get you to listen to a couple of my Favorite albums. Mm. Nice. Mm. So, but firstly, I have heard December Underground. It's very yes. good. Yes. Um, but I think the reason I never heard Let Go was, and I explained this in the thread, was I mean, I never considered myself an Avril fan then. Yeah. I was like, it was just there. Yes. You know, so yeah. I didn't have to like go out of my way to consume it, Definitely. I guess. But it took me a while to realize that not having heard Let Go was kind of like not having heard Hybrid Theory. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's just like that big and that influential now. So, so what do you uh, you want to give some thoughts? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, very well produced throughout. Avril's working with a few producers, like The Matrix. Yeah, uh, was a team yeah. of three who got big from that record. But like, there's so much variety, and um, mm. she's like very sincere throughout. Like, you can tell she was like 16, 17 when she recorded it. But, yeah. Um, 
like very talented. Yes. For sure, very precocious at the time. So sick, yeah. And plus it's like aged quite well for yeah. a record that's sold that well. Because a lot of the blockbuster pop albums are kind of uh, but no, it's it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it ages well. Like, especially like the closing track naked, like it only gets better for me with time. Mm. Um I can see that. Yeah. No, there's some I think because like I was immersed in it at the time like I was just sort of like well of course this is popular but yeah like looking back it's one of those simultaneous things of like I'm surprised that it was as groundbreaking as it was for the time but then also Mm. of course it was like yeah yeah sort of hard to record like reading up on Avril for this week's episode it was just like ah like that apparently she is sort of credited for like helping to shape pop punk in like Mm. the 2000s which kind of does my head in because I would not have made that claim myself, but then again, it also makes sense because, like, she's one of the few women in, like, contemporary pop punk, like, mm. at the time yeah. that sort of made it that big. But, yeah, it's yeah, an sort interesting of like, one. Sort of, like, made, I feel like, pop punk popular for girls. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. Popular for, popular for girls, which, you know, earlier on it was very much a sausage fest. Oh, it still is, but, <laughs> yeah. like... Yeah, no, it was sort of, yeah, I don't know. Well, I can think of as a band like Letters to Cleo yes. or something, but yeah. then again, I guess they're more power pop, not full, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. millennial. But then again, oh, like, yeah. it was interesting, yeah, listening to Let Go Again from different apartments, but listening with you, Richard, and you flagged just the sort of country influence. Like, mm. again, of course it's there. But I think because I was just so... I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, but looking back, it, yeah, no wonder this album resonated with me so much because, yeah, the first full-length album I ever owned was Wide Open Spaces by The Chicks. So, like, of course. (laughs) It's really funny. Like, I sort of dovetailed away from country for quite a while, but especially this year, like, I've just come back. And, again, like, I'm not a full-blown, like, country fan, but... Yeah, I really appreciate it for what it is these days without sort of doing that, like, oh, I listen to everything except rap and country. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, that is my. Yeah, it's not like talk. we're going to go get you. Some, it's not like we're going to go get you like a Carl Urban album or anything like that. <laughs> but, um... Well, he would be the actor from Dread. So. <laughs> Keith Urban. Hey. <laughs> Keith Urban's kind of cool, actually. Like, I yeah. respect him a lot. Carl Urban's cool, though. Sure. I have definitely <laughs> talked about this before, I think, on the pod, but, like, earlier this year, that at-home-together concert thing mm. that happened, watching Keith Urban play with, like, two other Keith Urbans. That was hilarious. <laughs> it just, so like, it, I genuinely loved it, but also it just kind of made me lose my mind a bit. Like, <laughs> just, just, yeah, Keith superimposed on top of Keith, on top of Keith. <laughs> And then Nicole, like, walks in. It's just like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? And just playing, like, this excellent rendition of Higher Love. It's just like, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, I had a hell of a time with some of my colleagues just sharing that on, like, our group chat. And just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and then, like, photoshopping, like, Keith Urban's face over Nicole's. Bo- and just, oh, oh what a time. Anyway, this isn't a Keith Urban podcast, but... Maybe it should be, who knows. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, shall we get into it? Yeah. But honestly, I just need to be a little crazy. 
Well, I'm not the uh, I'm not the Avril fan here, so maybe you would like to take over. Who me? Yes. All right. <clears throat> now I am reading Sam. Sam's that note has compiled notes that Sam has compiled. Uh, so apologies if my cadence is a bit off. Uh, it's probably because my writing is a bit off. <laughs> so Avril Lavigne was born in 1984. Ooh, um. From Ontario, Canada. I just want to say that her background is French Canadian, so I was I always wondered if her name really should be Avril Lavigne. Ah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel kind of bad if we are butchering it, but also <laughs> I'd like to think that she would have been like confident enough to correct literally everyone who's ever spoken to or about her. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, Hale's from Ontario. Ontario. Um, at the beginning of her career, she was known for her tomboyish appearance, which is how I remember her the most, mm. wearing a necktie, tank top, baggy pants, and skate shoes as her de facto uniform. And I definitely went to school one day dressed as her for a day where we had to dress as a different country's culture. So that says a lot about <laughs> that, that says a lot about me. Yeah, but like you didn't go dressed as a Mountie. So No, no. You you weren't dressed as a famous Canadian. I like that. Yes. Mm. So the only other option they had was Seth Rogan. <laughs> I love a bit of CanCon. It's just very wholesome. So yes, I straightened the absolute bejesus out of my hair and wore a tie and it was great. Um, so the media has called her the, in quotes, pop punk princess, which sad that they didn't use punk rock princess because that is an excellent song by something corporate. Hmm. And the female answered a Blink-182, which I find kind of interesting. Like, mm. yes and no. What p- Part of my revelation from Let Go is that um, Skater Boy is pretty much the only pop punk yeah. song. Yeah. 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 And even then, like, it doesn't go to the same lengths as Blink, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I could not picture Avril doing, like, an Avril version of, like, Damn It or... Well, I, she definitely covered some of those songs early on. And she's covered, like... She covered Basket Case on her first tour. Yes, that's she right. She covered, I think, was it Song 2? But... Basically, so. she doesn't sing it. She plays the drums. Yes, on oh, stage. Yeah. that's right. I that. Did she do Metallica? She did Fuel by Metallica Fuel. at MTV Icon oh, two thousand and three. It was which weird. Is, which is so bizarre that it's not like one of their better songs because <laughs> it was recent <laughs> for them at the time. Yeah, yeah, I, guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's the show where Snoop Dogg did Sad but True. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Sad but True and other Metallica. Song. Yeah, it's ninety seconds of like, uh, okay, oh, this is happening. Okay. <laughs> Oh, Snoop. Yeah. So, yeah, the press have even cited her as the anti-Britney in part because of her less commercial and more real image, but also because she was noticeably headstrong. And, yeah, these days we know that's kind of a false binary. Absolutely. Avril was, you know, every bit as much major label. Yeah. Um, like, she embraced pop music just on her own terms. Yes. Yeah. And, again, it's just that really is a sign of the times is like that sort of having to pick one at the expense of the other. It yeah. really annoys me. Yeah. Um, Whereas like, yeah, you love both of them and just equally. E- and like, regardless of my feelings, it's like, there's no reason why one has to be the antithesis of the other. Like it just, 
Yeah. Well, I think that's part of her thing was she marketed herself as not like other girls, mm. but not like other girls pop star. No, not in like an exclusionary way. Yeah. No, it's like she just was who she was. Exactly. Yeah. Which is yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, so by the time of her second album, so that would have been Under oh, My Skin? Oh, four, it? yeah. Yep. Uh, Levine had adopted more of a commercial gothic look. She is considered to be one of the musicians that paved the way for females in pop punk, which we noted earlier. Yeah, because looking... Um, I was going to say, right, that I was very surprised to find out that Michelle Branch like debuted yes. before Avril. Mm. Yes. Because um, they had similar sounds and vibes, same age, I think. Yeah. But I guess the difference was that Michelle Branch was very much like a major label product. Like she was yep. working with more established producers rather yeah. than Avril who kind of, she and the Matrix like blew up together. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, she didn't have like that same kind of appeal to her teens, her age. I guess she was trying to seem older than she was. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, in terms of paving the way, it's like Par- Paramore released All You Know Is Falling in 05. That, yeah, it does my head in that it was, it feels like it's so much later, but it's yeah. not. Yeah, like... and Taylor's, Taylor Swift's self-titled was 06, and yeah. she was very influenced by Avril. So. Yeah. Oh. Less, do, you less than... time. do you mind if I take over the next part? Because mm. I wouldn't mind reading from the Wikipedia page about this one. Of course. Go yeah. for it. So Avril Lavigne's Make Five Wishes was a two-part comic book series drawn by Camilla Dierico and written by Joshua Dysart. Mm. So two volumes. I've got the plot. Okay. Here, if you don't mind me reading. No, of course not. Go for it. So the story is about a teenage girl named Hannah. She is lonely and unpopular at school, so she spends most of her time on the internet creating various cool, smart, sexy and popular alter egos. Her best friend is an imaginary version of Avril Lavigne, who acts as Hannah's conscience as well as an imaginary friend. Oh no. Becoming increasingly isolated in life, Hannah one day stumbles across a website, www.makefivewishes.com. (laughs) <laughs> which offers to grant five wishes for a small fee of $19.95. <laughs> Eager and desperate to turn her life around, she places an order on the site. A few days later, a small box arrives. As Hannah opens it in her bedroom, a small demon-like creature comes out. The demon befriends her and explains how the wishes work. As Hannah makes her first few wishes, things do not turn out the way she would have liked. <laughs> And the wishes the demon grants often have unforeseen and unwanted consequences. So it's basically like the subreddit, the monkey's paw. The monkey paw, yeah. 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 So, for example, causing dementia in an old man who Hannah wished she would not have to talk to again. Oh, my God. In addition, the demon secretly emails the people, including Jessica, whom she talks to online as one of her aliases while she sleeps, messing with them and their feelings. I just want to say that the website is still up. (gasps) What? For the comic. Yeah. You yes. can order from the Volume 1 and 2 or Avril Lavigne's Rockin' Manga Girly t-shirt from the Sick. comic book. So that was Volume 1. Volume 2. The story follows on from Volume 1 and details how Hannah Hannah's wishes are continuing to affect those around her in unwanted ways. Hannah, after initially liking the demon and naming him Romeo, becomes increasingly angry and distrustful of him. After surviving an explosion at her school, which kills a teacher, Mr. Terry, and several students, i.e. Jessica and Brian, another of Hannah's wishes is granted for everyone to love her. 
Indeed they do, and hold a celebration in her honour for surviving the explosion. Oh, my God. However, Hannah is now enveloped in a shroud of fire, which no one else can see and which increasingly clouds her from reality. What? Her imaginary version of Avril Lavigne seldom shows herself anymore and Hannah locks the demon in its box, not wanting it to cause any more trouble. However, she has one final wish and without thinking, she grabs Romeo and makes her final wish to meet the real Avril Lavigne before sealing him back in his box. At school, the other students are much nicer to Hannah and one invites her to a cosplay gathering. Held on a small bridge in the town, Hannah decides to go as Avril Lavigne. (laughs) After getting dressed, she looks in the mirror and sees Avril Lavigne looking back at her. She realises that her final wish has been granted and Romeo has tricked her once again. Romeo, you dastardly demon, you. Scoundrel. Distraught, she runs home and grabs Romeo's box with him in it and goes to the party. There, she looks out over the bridge at the river below. Another party-goer comes up to her and comments on how nice she looks immediately recognising she is dressed as Avril Lavigne. They talk, but the shroud of fire around Hannah becomes more intense. With Romeo trapped in the box, Hannah jumps off the bridge. The shroud of fire disappears and Hannah is at peace, knowing that the demon will never be able to hurt anyone again until she notices that the box is empty and Romeo has escaped. Back on the bridge, the crowd is in shock. The girl Hannah was talking to removes her fancy dress wig to reveal her long blonde hair. It was... The real Avril Lavigne, oh. who Hannah had been speaking to. Hannah's fate is unknown. What My God. the hell? Yes. We were just talking about Perfect Blue, the anime yes. film about a stalker of a pop star before. Yeah. That feels like same territory to me. Oh <laughs> so did Hannah, like, suicide? Like, what? I... Well, her fate is unknown. My God. That that has to be one of the strangest licensed products That's, like ever. I, I'd love to know how much, if any, input she had to it because that is very odd. Like, oh my goodness. Anyway, I don't know if she co-wrote it, but I feel like she did have. I feel like she had some sort of like artistic license. Anyway, so what yes. a time. Uh, You'll probably know that between two thousand and six to two thousand and ten, she was married to some forty-one frontman Derek Wibley. Mm-hmm. Then between 2013 to 2015, she was married to Chad Kroger from Nickelback. Chavril. I am. I can't decide if I'm sad or not that Chavril doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Like, I think I remember when she split up with Derek and thinking like, oh, that sucks because they were like such an iconic, like punk rock, like mall Mm. punk couple. Mm. And then Chad, I was just like, this doesn't make any sense at all. But now... As an adult, it does make sense because she always had that sort of country influence to her music. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do we think of Chavril? Like, are we pro-Chavril, anti-Chavril? Yeah, I'm pro-Chavril. Yeah? Yeah. I'm glad that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good contribution to just pop culture in general. (laughs) They were Canada's answer to Jay-Z and Beyonce. Yes. For a little while. <laughs> yes. The- also, Make Five Wishes has a web series, which what? is, yeah, manga yeah. animated style. I'm just scrolling through an interview so, with the uh, creator. Wow. I which... know what we're watching after this. Yes, absolutely. That's bonkers. If we had a Patreon, it would, we would do a watch along. I know. Huh. But we don't. So. 
So you're all going to just have to miss out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so on top of the Chaveral Cultural Institution, uh, Levine has also been the subject of a popular conspiracy oh, theory that reports that she committed suicide in 2003 and was replaced by a body double. The theory started off as a joke on a Brazilian blog but began to gain traction among conspiracy theorists. The rumour was addressed with Levine in 2018 when she was being interviewed on KISS 106.5. She said the theory was, to quote, weird. (laughs) And and that is KISS over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to KISS. Um, That is very funny. I love that one. And I also love that it was just a joke. And eventually there were enough idiots on the internet that were like, actually, no. But what if, yeah. It it makes sense if you really think about it. I, like, what were even, like, the markers for, like, Melissa versus Avril? Like, I don't... I've definitely read about it, but it just kind of breaks my brain that people would even entertain it. I think it's things like... It's sort of like the the kind of drastic shift between her, like... Fashion, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, between two thousand and two thousand and three, and then like two thousand and seven. <laughs> um, but it's also not that strange for a sixteen-year-old who's then what was she like twenty-one when Girlfriend came out? Uh, a little bit old. Twenty-one, yeah, yeah, yeah right. two, and it's like, yeah, she's an adult now. Like, yeah, who maybe isn't so much about you know dressing all pop punk and. I also feel like, well, like, as someone who used to dress pop punk as a kid and then you turn into an adult and you can't do that anymore, Mm. obviously she had more, like, license to do that because it's her job. (laughs) But, yeah, we all go through a patch of, like, what is my aesthetic now that this is definitely too young for me. Um, I think you just reach an age as well where it's, like, it's exhausting to dress like that. Yeah, Mm. that's true. I think it's um it's interesting that Andrew WK has also had that theory floated. Yeah. Yes. And they're both people who kinda changed their sound and their look and Yeah. Yeah, maybe went a bit poppier. Yeah. So I don't know That's, where that came from. The internet is a strange place. Yeah, Paul McCartney definitely died. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright. Uh who wants to talk about the song? I feel like I've done a lot of talking so far. I'll do I, it. I feel like I blew out my voice a little bit <laughs> about Make Five Wishes. So. Oh, true. You took one for the team there. Yeah. Yes. All right. About the song, what the hell was the first single from Avril's 2011 album, Goodbye Lullaby, her mm-hmm. fourth? Avril had been around for almost a decade and was still only 26. My God. Came out. Uh, the song was written by Avril, Max Martin, and Shellback. Martin and Shellback also recorded the song. This would, mark, this would mark the second time the trio worked together to write a song, the first being Miranda Cosgrove's Dancing Crazy. And it does sound a little bit like Miranda Cosgrove. Like Miranda Cosgrove, was she a Disney y- She alum? was iCarly, and she yes. was the girl in School of Rock. Yes! Yeah. Yes, okay. Which girl Legend. from School of Rock? The Summer. precocious one. Ah! Oh. Oh. I love it so much. Okay. Uh, I, I I will admit I asked you the other day, I'm like, do I need to write some of Matt's Martin's and Shellback's other credits or can you well, just sort of go for a rote, like... No, but, I mean, they they did Taylor Swift's 1989, mm. yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. Max Martin and Dr. Luke did Girlfriend. Yes. For Avril. Yeah. 
Um, which is interesting because, yeah, uh, their sound did change a little bit in the four years. Between yeah. Because Girlfriend is more pop rock. What the hell is, like, just a pop song that almost happens to have guitars in it? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, also, shout out to the Miranda Cosgrove song, Sparks Fly, which has become a meme. Oh. Because it's, it's, like, the most average, like, auto-tuned teen pop song, but it opens, like, <laughs> how's it go? Sparks fly. It's like electricity. I might die. Yes. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Okay, I'm definitely going to listen to some Miranda after this. Yeah. Um, Levine wrote the song as her personal message for freedom. That's beautiful. The song has been described as bubblegum pop punk, mm-hmm. which I would semi-agree with. Yeah. It reached number six on the ARIA charts, number one in Indonesia, Japan, and South Korea. Eight in Canada, 16 in the UK, and 11 on the US Billboard Hot 100. So obviously, oh no, this was, the, Japan wasn't aware that she was going to write Hello Kitty. No. no. Or release Hello Kitty after this. That mm. was a real, like, Gwen Stefani move. Yeah. And in both cases, it's just, it's very on the nose. Can you explain yeah. the Gwen Stefani move? So, Gwen Stefani's first album as a solo artist post- mm. No doubt, or I guess while they were on hiatus, were yeah, they? yeah, between, I guess. Um, yeah, Love Angel, Music Baby, the whole sort of aesthetic around it was like Harajuku dress style, and then like there's one song called Harajuku Girls, which is just like you look so great, and then yeah, there's definitely. Well, the problem was more that she had like four Japanese women like following her around. Yes. Yeah. Just Gwen Stefani or Avril? Gwen Stefani. Oh. And just being, like, sidekicks and being very, like, Orientalist in a weird yeah. way. That was quite strange. Like, I definitely remember in Rich Girl, there's, like, yeah. talking about having the four and then, like, I'll dress them wicked and give them names. It's just like, ooh. So it's like having, like, an accessory that's a person. Well, Pretty much. Yeah, like, four handmaidens kind of thing. Just sort of little tchotchkes to mm. yeah. walk around with you. It was very weird. So, uh, yeah, it's just... I don't know. I feel like it's tough to sort of do a song about, I don't know. Another culture. Well, well like, it feels like it's a stereotype. That's a thing, you know? Well, like the Lonely Island, they did that three cool white kids in Japan. Yeah. And it's like, that's exactly <laughs> it. It's just like, and now we're going to Tokyo and we're going to go shopping and like, mm. it just, yeah. I kind of want to go back and have a little bit of a listen and a watch of, I think it was Ladybeard was, uh, yeah, yeah it was, there was two Japanese girls and an Australian yes. professional wrestler. Yeah. Yes. Who dressed in the, were they made outfits or something? Yeah. Yeah. And so he's dressed in a made outfit as well. And he's got a beard and it's just like kind of metal, kind of J-pop. That yeah. was cool. Yeah. And I want to see if it's sort of like iffy or not. I don't think it is. I think it's pretty good, but mm. Yeah. yeah, and there are like other examples of uh, collaborations between you know Western and Japanese pop yeah. stars that work. Like I think Charlie XCX has done it, Liz has done it. Um, yeah, the most uh, uh, the most obvious one just slipped my mind, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Well, I know even just in terms of like K-pop and stuff, like Lady Gaga collabed with Blackpink on that was great. Chromatica, like so yeah, you can do it. It's just it's when you sort of frame it as like. Yeah, there's it was yeah. How it, cool is your country? And I'm gonna stereotype. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. And especially considering that Hello Kitty was quite a ways after 
Love Angel Music Babies or something. Yeah, because yeah, that was, what, like 2016? Yeah. yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. Anyway. What a time. <laughs> so the music video was directed by Marcus Ratboy. I keep misreading that as Ratboy, which just makes me laugh. But, sorry. <laughs> he also did um, Digging the Grave by Faith No More as, as Alan, Alan Smithy. Smithy. Mm. Uh, Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20. <laughs> and he also did the Ice Cube film Friday After Next. Beautiful. Um, sidebar, there was a great tweet the other day. Um, someone overheard a conversation between like two 50-year-old guys arguing about whether Smooth was Santana featuring Rob Thomas or the other way around. <laughs> and they refused to Google it. Oh, man. <laughs> um, what Did- the hell was uh, sorry uploaded to YouTube in 2011 in 360p? That's relatively, yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Digging the Grave is my favourite Faith No More song. Nice. Okay. Good band. Yes. I love seeing, like, other works that a director has done because mostly you can see, like, a sort of aesthetic running through them, but, like, I can't place this against Smooth, for example. Like... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, not at was, all. I mean, there was no. there was over a decade between, <laughs> and that's yeah, exactly. As well, I don't know. I want to say smooth looks really good. Yeah, just visually, like it almost looks like it was shot on film mm. or yes. something. Yeah, has that really like really cool color grading? Yeah, um, big budget, a lot of extras. Yeah, uh, looks like you know the heat stripping off the yeah, it looks hot and stuff. Yeah. Well, looks like one. Yeah. Uh, Reminds me of Do the Right Thing of all films. Oh, yeah. Because um, yep. that's set on like the hottest day in New York in oh, 1989 shit. or whatever. Yeah. But um, I think What the Hell, that video clip looks kind of low rent. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like they do a couple of things. Like Avril, you know, hijacks a taxi and then <laughs> crashes it in low speed in neutral into another yeah. car. Yeah. I don't know. I wanted to. She does these things and I think like. Because she's, I'm assuming she steals the clothes in the shop as well. But like, you've just stolen a taxi. You're, I wanted to go further and further and further. Like, I wanted her to like yeah. jump out at high speed. Yeah. They sort of, yeah, they over delivered at like up front, and then everything after the car was just like, ah. Oh. Yeah. So now you're gonna go and get some clothes from your mother's store, not pay for them, but then your boyfriend pays for them anyway. Like, it's just. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and she's she's wearing her own clothes as well. Because <laughs> yeah. it's Abby Dawn. Abby Dawn was her brand, so she's wearing. I her, wonder if it's still around. She's wearing her own clothes as well, so she's technically not even stealing at this stage. <laughs> it's it it is it's it's one cool thing that she does, and then nothing after that. I just want it to get further and further. Like I don't need to see her on stage because she's a musician. I know she gets up on stage mm. every night. I want. You know, I wanted her to jump out of that thing at high speed. I wanted her to <laughs> yeah. then rob a bank, you know, yeah. kidnap it's a, the president's daughter. Yeah, it's a bit baby's first, like, Robert Rodriguez clip or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. Which I guess it's that thing of, because to me, I guess we'll get into the, the song. Yeah. Then to me, it's, um, you know, it is. It's that, that thing of, like, her personal freedom. It came after, you know, a year after her divorce. So it is mm. her sort of. First bit of freedom as an adult. So I think she met Derek when she was like 17. Mm. And yeah. they were friends for a while and then they started dating probably when she turned 18, coincidentally. Oh. And um never thought of it like that. And oh, yeah. then yeah, got married. So it is her sort of freedom, and it is kind of that that sort of does sort of show of like 
yeah, I'm just coming into this. Mm. And also a lot of product placement because there was a shitload of product placement in the film clip. It definitely feels like this is when she sort of promoted that, like, air quote, like, sexy side of her. Like, this was her sort of, I'm not that kid you remember kind of thing. I don't know. I think it's as close as she got. Yeah. Without knowing her later work that well. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Like, girlfriend, she's, you know, dancing around in a singlet and booty shorts Mm. with, like, fishnet stockings. Yeah. She, I feel like there she was definitely going for, I'm not 16 anymore. Yeah. Are they from the same album? No. No. Okay. Four years apart. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. Anyway. Mm. Um, so, Abby Dawn does still exist. It really is just a classic, like, side hustle kind of label. Like, it's just... A few graphics like slapped onto a t-shirt. It's, it's merch. It's not a fashion it's, line. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Oh man. Anyway, maybe it's I like, should start a merch line. It's yeah. like so whatever. Yeah, exactly. Hey. Like yeah, I could do so much better. <laughs> uh, where are we? So, what do we think of the song? I like it. Mm. I like it. Is that all you got? <laughs> <laughs> I listened to this on repeat like three or four times when I had a big walk the other day. No, it was good, it was good walking music. Did you feel powerful? I kind of did. Good, yeah. Bit, of a, bit I, of a power strut. I felt ready Wind to in your face. Uh, yeah, I felt ready to steal a taxi. Yeah, yeah. and put it in neutral. And put it in neutral. And gently, <laughs> and then, gently let it nudge another car. <laughs> that that shows you that those cars were hired, were rented, yeah, and not, yeah. not bought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's one like because yeah, I never really listened to like entire projects by Avril Post. Let go. Mm. I think just by that point, I'd already aged into like. Proper punk, even then it wasn't proper punk, but like, yeah. I guess I sort of, I forget how many singles she had while I was growing up and then like, as an adult, still like singles and I just, I always forget how good her singles are, like, because mm. it's always just so sort of like, oh yeah, it's there, whatever, but then like listening to this with that critical lens, I'm like, no, I genuinely love this. Like, it's just, it's fun. It's, yeah, like, great production. And then, yeah, as soon as you find out it's Max Martin and Shellbag, it's just like, yeah, of course it is. Like, yeah, I just love it. I, in between the first chorus and the second verse, like, when she keeps saying what, it sounds like she just doesn't, can't, like, hear you. (laughs) What? What? Huh? I... That's like Neil Cicerega's remix of My Name yeah. Is, My Own M. <laughs> I love that. Huh? What? <laughs> is she... Is she more personality than... Is she more of a personality than a good singer, though? I think she's a good singer, but I don't think she's an amazing singer. I think she's as good a singer as her music needs her to be. Yeah. Correct. She's like, not Hayley Williams. No. No. But, like, on Let Go, she's... More than adequate, yes. I would say. It has yeah. a decent amount of personality for her age. And yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, part of being a pop singer is not 
even how you delivered the emotion. It's like the hookiness of your voice. Yes. And she really leaned into like the bratty side of herself yeah. around that time yeah. really well. And even here I can hear the brattiness in her voice. Yeah. yeah. Which works for it and like works for the title and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, that's a good way of looking at like that hooky element. Like definitely tapped into that with like so many of her singles. Like this hot... um What's the other one? Girlfriend. Like, they just, yeah, she doesn't need to sort of give any more effort beyond what she has, but that's not a bad thing. Yeah. 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 I um, I will say, yeah, like you, Emma, I didn't think much about this song at the time. Yeah. I feel like Avril was just around, and unless you were like, oh, I actively identify as a hardcore Avril fan. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, then maybe your relationship's different, but after... I mean, now that she's not as culturally prominent yes. all the time, I can appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, just because, yeah, in 2011, I was listening to other stuff. Like, there was a lot of pop music around. Exactly. But it reminds me of Shake It Off a bit by Taylor Swift yeah. and Theme. Has some similar vibes, like, I can do what the hell I want, date the guys I want. Yeah. Just being free. But it's almost from, like, the opposite point of view. Yeah. Except, yeah. I, except I like this song. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't stand Shake It Off. <laughs> I definitely went through a patch where I could not stand Shake It Off, and I think it's just the horns in it just do my head in. I can do you a cut of it without the horns, literally. I just. <laughs> I feel like it would just them. not, like, I feel like then I would appreciate them. So maybe I should do that just as a an exercise as to why Taylor knows exactly what she's doing and I should just sit down. But yeah. I feel like I'm just predisposed to not like songs. To Like, to me, it just sounds like a song that was made, like, we need a song for the biggest loser. Okay, well, Taylor Swift <laughs> has got this shake it off. Or, like, release a song for this television show. It's, like, that, like, hot and cold by yeah. Katy Perry. Yeah. Uh, it's because food is hot and it's cold. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you can get both. Uh, you have Me by Taylor Swift and, and Brendan me, Urie. Me is too far in that direction. Yeah, like, that's definitely yeah. going to play on a sunrise or something. It already has, oh, I think. <laughs> I didn't even need to see sunrise to know that that's where it would end up. I do yeah. have a soft spot for that purely because I'd been waiting for, like, her next release post-reputation so long. So, like, just the Technicolor. Like, oh, I feel anyway. bad for you that that was the release, though, that <laughs> you got. It's a great clip. Yes. And she did you. commit to it. I she like the, the clip is good. But the song, I just, I, I don't know. It's to me, it's a song for kids. Yes, like literally. And that I think that's the, the point. Yeah, I think, I think it was. Yeah. There's definitely a theory that it was like written for like Blake and Ryan's kids, yeah. kind of thing. But like, because Taylor doesn't have kids of her own yet. But Blake like, and Ryan being, uh, Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I just I like this song. It's cute. Um. And it's. I don't think it needs much sort of criticism because it's a very light song. Yeah. Like, and does exactly what you want it to. Exactly. Yeah. It does what it says on the box. It's not sort of going into any hard hitting topics beyond, yeah, I want to make out with someone and that's fine. Yeah. The thing that was really interesting about it was um, at that point, Avril, yeah, was 26. And yet she felt like half a generation older than Gaga and Katie yeah. at the same time, despite only being like two years older mm. than I want to say. In fact, yeah, Lady Gaga is 34 now. My God. Avril Lavinia. So a year or two older. Is um, two years older. 
My God. Correct. And yet she'd been around since '02. So that, yeah, that's nuts. That, that that was part of the cognitive dissonance of this song for me at the time because it was like Avril was she had a serious phase on her second album yes. in '04. Then went all the way back to Bubblegum yes. on Girlfriend, which was like peak MySpace, yes. yeah. peak scene, emo, all of that. Yeah. Um, probably her def- one of her definitive looks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if not as iconic as Let Go, maybe. Yeah. About the same. The blonde with the pink. It was sort of like an upgrade. I feel like it was sort of like the twin to like... Yeah. 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 And what the hell was... Yeah, four years later... But um, just a continuation of that. Yeah. So she picked up where she left off and yeah. then so much of pop culture shifted. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one thing I find interesting about, like, she's changed since, but she definitely hung on to that era of her look for longer than I thought she would. Like, Despite not being that old. Yes. Yeah. Either. But she'd been around long enough that people would, like, criticise her for it. Yeah. Like, she sort of, she hung on to it long after it was a thing. But, and now she's sort of switched to just a very sort of classic look, but say for the long, long, long hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting because, like, it's sort of her aesthetics. It feels base level, but it was obviously a very huge part of her identity, I think. Mm. Like, yeah. Anyway. Um... What now? Shall we talk about the cover? Yeah. Do we have any more thoughts on the Avril version before we do? Uh, no, I think I've said my piece. Yeah? Yeah. Exactly. It's good. It's like one of the most straightforward songs you've covered yeah. on the show probably, in a good way. That's a, Yeah. It kind of, I don't want to labour the point because it's just like, it's good. Now what? Hey, <laughs> Mel. Scared the Sky, formed in 2010. They hail from Tokyo, Japan. Uh, in 2013, they changed their name to Make My Day. Oh. I really looked into this band a lot and I could not find much about them. That's all right. Yeah, there's, even their website is, uh, um, yeah, not a lot. I think um, we revisit them down the line, don't we? I feel like they've contributed yeah. a couple of Punk Goes I covers. We, I think we do. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully by then we'll have... Uh, um, yeah, hopefully by then we'll have had some form of info. Make My Day did an album this year, apparently. Yeah. Ah, cool. Released January, genre, transcore, which makes sense. Oh, sick. Okay. Yeah. 
I like the name Ashley Scared the Sky. Yeah, so do I. I think it reminds me a lot of Play Crack the Sky, though. Brand new, I think it is. There's a song. Well, Crack, Crack the Sky is also a Mastodon album. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, um, and a prog rock band from the 70s, I'm just finding out. There was also a local hardcore metalcore, I can't, I don't know what they were, female-fronted metalcore hardcore band called Circle the Sky. Well, oh, yeah. Go. Yeah, from, from around our area somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, I don't know. I like the uh, Ashley Scared the Sky. The alliteration of it is just, like, it's pleasing to me. Ass. Oh, my God. What is? <sighs> what do we think of this cover? Oof. I just wrote lol. I, <laughs> Firstly. It just kind of... I was literally saying last week, I just have to come to terms with the fact that a lot of the covers we will be looking at for punk goes in general are going to have a lot of what I think are unnecessary sort of breakdowns, unnecessary, like mm. growls, that kind of thing. And this just sort of heaps it all in. Yeah, this is 95% breakdown. And I, it does my head in. And it's like it loses the effect of the breakdown. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it it takes it away from it takes it away, and it's just like, oh, okay, so it's just this. Yeah, yeah. I hate this. I know. The, I think there are a lot of Japanese metal bands that do kind of lo- a lot of contrast, like mm. in that kind of Mister Bungle way. I think Doron Gray would do yep. a lot of melodic and very harsh stuff, like together. Yeah, with really weird like song structures. Yeah, right. Dillinger yeah. Escape Plan kind of. Very um, much so. Yeah, and um, um, Psy as well. Yeah, S I G H is like jazz, uh, jazz, yeah. black metal. They they were more rooted in like they made more sense to me mm. though. Yeah. They were like a more traditional fusion. Mm. But, yeah. Um, yeah, this is like that approach, but applied to a cover. Except it's very half-assed mm. in every way. Like they don't really engage with the song. The lyrics are mostly unintelligible. When they sing the melodic part, it's not that melodic. Yeah. But yeah. it also is audibly auto-tuned. Like that yeah. doesn't really work. Yeah. Like the mix is very scrappy. Like the everything's underproduced except the synths, which don't really belong. <laughs> so uh. I, I don't know if like transcore is the the proper genre or not, but that was Popular around about yeah. this time it, as well. I don't know if they did this in 2011 or not. I think um, four, 14, but to me, it doesn't, it just doesn't achieve mm, transcore. Like, it could have been interesting if they got another Japanese band, Crossfaith. Right. Who do the same sort of thing, but. Or even like One OK Rock or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it's just, um, yeah, it's just interesting. Like, it's. Sorry, it was 2011. So they, they do, released they do Pop 4 in 2011. Yeah. So, yeah, this sort of music was rather popular um, in the scene. Like, I'm thinking of of other like other bands. Um, the one that comes out, like, jumps out at me is The Browning. Mm-hmm. Um, Arsonists Get All the Girls had this sort of, like, synth mm. core element to it. Um, Enter Shikari... There was House versus Hurricane in Melbourne. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Saw them at like a sound wave in like 2008 or nine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So like, it was a popular genre, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It has that, it, it does have that moment. Like I think for me, because as I said, like most of the song is breakdown. Yeah. yeah. 
it does have that very that very trancey bit somewhere in the song with like the clapping. Yeah, it's like that's right. actually kind of the breakdown, and I kind of appreciate that. And then it just goes into more chugging. Yeah, yeah. To me, Bring Me the Horizon are probably the best things to come out of that because they were straight up deathcore. Then they integrated since, yeah, um, and now are basically like the the more millennial Gen Z Lincoln Park. Mm. Yes, yeah. But like they really understand pop music and how yeah. it works. Whereas songs like this are just like, oh, what the hell? Exactly. It's <laughs> like they recorded it section by section and like improvised it. Yeah. Almost, you know, I've not listened to a second of Bring Me the Horizon unless it's like. Remember when they they. One of their songs was on an NXT show. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm getting little snippets of that. The MCW wrestler Kellyanne used to come out to one of their songs. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah. But yeah, that's no, not one that I've been terribly interested in. But mm. I, can, I definitely appreciate that he very much has an appreciation for what's popular at the time and evolves their sound yeah. accordingly. I think they produced a full-on metal song for Halsey, actually. Oh, wow. Off Birds of Prey oh, soundtrack. Oh, okay. yep. Nice. Yeah, it's a jam, yeah. Sick. Experiment on me, it's called. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what other song they do, so it's going to be interesting when we get to that. I think I saw on YouTube they do Party Rock Anthem, though. I don't know if that's for... Oh, my God. That would Let's be wonderful. Um, or terrible. Yeah, look. I think, like, what annoys me is, even just in the chorus, like the, if you love me, if you hate me, that bit they wait until the last chorus to actually do clean vocals for that bit when yeah. that's one of the key hooks hook. yeah. yeah so yeah it isn't until the end where i'm just like oh, okay now you're getting it and then the song's over and yeah like the clean vocals like they're about as good as like avril's like they fit the purpose but they don't use right. them yeah, I wouldn't even go that far. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. yeah. They don't really lean into it. Um, I don't know. Yes, they do cover Party Rock Anthem on PGP5. Oh, yes. Lol. Um, yes. Crossfaith do come on. They do cool. Omen by The Prodigy. Oh, Ooh. wow. That's cool. Mm, cool, nice. yeah. But I don't know. It sounds like, yeah, between the three of us, we don't really have a hell of a lot to say just aside from a... Uh, like, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to hear them do Party Rock Anthem. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, looking forward to that whenever we do it. I think, uh, like, looking ahead to it, I want it to be done with a sense of, if not irony, just, like, play, like having yeah. fun with it. Because mm. I think that's what's missing here is it doesn't feel playful to me. Yes. Yeah, there's no fun in it. Yeah. Whereas the original is very fun. Yeah. 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 I wrote that this cover kind of ends with a shrug. You're just yeah. like, oh, it's yeah. over? Yeah. yeah. Um, and also that it's maybe the weirdest cover I've heard on the show so far. It is up there. Not, yeah. like, in an experimental or no. forced way. It's just weird because, like, why bother, you know? Yeah. Why don't do it? Yeah. I want it to get weird, but, yeah, it's just not, it's not there yeah. <laughs> for me. Um, there are some interesting ones that we are going to be doing from... The Japanese releases as well. It, it's a very cool track list. Yeah. yeah at the very yeah. least. Uh, yeah. In terms of other covers, we don't have any except for one that we wanted to mention purely for how wholesome it is. 
So there's a piano duet by Michael Henry and Justin Robinette. With your head All cause I was making out with your friend Love hurts whether it's right or wrong I can't stop cause I'm having too much fun Yeah, You're on your knees begging please stay with me Needs to be a little crazy. All my life I've been good, but now I'm thinking, what the hell? Um, which it's very masterful, like they harmonize really well. It's lovely. They do some clever sort of things where, like, they switch because there's the two of them playing on the piano together and they sort of switch hands and play mm. each other's parts, and it's very cute, but it <laughs> just inexplicably in the background there's just a dog like jumping up and down and like back <laughs> in like a doorway yeah you can see like a ball getting thrown from time to time so obviously there's another person in that room but just like, the amount of air this dog gets like it just <laughs> I, I love to think that these two dudes were like all right now can you like can you take scruffy into the bedroom and like close the door and just make sure he doesn't yeah, around with us. We've, we've, we've tried this seven times. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 fine. And then they're like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm gonna throw this ball around and make Scruffy the star of this video. I just, I don't know if it's because I grew up in like a small family, but like I've never lived in a household that was that. It isn't even that chaotic, but even just having like two separate elements of like performance happening in the one house <laughs> is one too many. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It just... Uh... And I think it's because they, they obviously don't know that the dog is jumping around <laughs> like that, which just makes it so funny to me. I, I feel like it was staged, but yeah. they're not, like, paying attention yeah. to it. Yeah. Because you know? like, well, their backs are turned. Probably yeah. rendered. But... Yeah. <laughs> 2011, I think this is... It's a very late relic of early YouTube. Like, you yeah. can never do anything that earnest these days. Yeah. Or with what looks like a webcam. Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, again, like Rebecca Black's Friday, I feel like changed a lot of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe. I think, yeah, like if you were to see that kind of thing now, it would be sort of played for laughs or like for the purpose of like a meme or like a, yeah, I don't know. There's just something very great about it. <laughs> um, yeah. Dogs are wonderful. Uh, anyway. So, hell yeah or yeah nah? What do we think of both? Hell yeah to the to the original yeah nah to the cover. I am inclined to agree, I think. Yep. Yep. What the hell nah? Exactly. Ah. <laughs> What's the hell nah? So, any other final thoughts? Anything we want to... Uh, well, Ashley Scared the Sky will have a chance to redeem themselves. Yes. So that's... We'll look forward to we'll hearing see. That. I might listen to it after we get off this. And, uh, see <laughs> what party rock anthems like. I'm almost tempted to wait until the week that we have to do it. Yeah, like just put this band to bed for now. Come back. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. If it's bad, you don't want to dread it. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I'm just gonna sleep on it for now. Party rock anthems gonna be ten years old next oh. year. Oh my god! And it feels like it's a million years old. Yeah. What a wait- time. Party Rock, I get, I keep getting mixed up. So, Party Rock Anthem is the one that's like, Party Rock is in. Yeah. Okay. 
I do still love that they released the Party Rock album, whatever the hell it was called, and then Sorry for Party Rock. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they should have been like 303 and they just didn't quite compute the same way. They definitely uh, got originally like were off the backs of them. Yeah. 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 That. What was it? There was something weird like it was uncle and nephew or something? Yeah, which I don't just. But, yeah, they were both related to Barry Gordy, the founder of Motown. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Nepotism at work. <laughs> That's. But kind oh. of like the Guerreros, how Eddie and Chavo True. were. Eddie was Chavo's uncle, but it was like not too much of a difference in age. Yeah, 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 about the same, yeah. That's so upsetting. It's wild. Off the back of Motown, they made that. And I know that off, sounds like the most like pretentious, like but like off the back of Motown, he contributed to that. It was a literally I can't song. Mm. Oh, that horrendous! Wait, who did that? I can't remember who the who it was, but it was like featuring Red Foo, featuring Little John, oh. and I just remember the I just remember the chorus is them just all screaming, "Bitch, shut the fuck up!" That's right. Yeah, yeah it's. It was, that, that song is kind of the sequel to uh, Selfie by yes. the Chainsmokers. Chainsmokers. Yeah. It's like the, the same level of, like, ironic misogyny. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, way beyond its time. But it's like, it was. I, I remember it sort of being like, like, hook up with this. No, I literally, I can't. It's like, well, so then why sure. are you getting mad about that? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> anyway... Cool. Well, I can't wait to do LMFAO now. <laughs> Good lord. Well, until next time, thank you, Richard, for coming on yes. the pod. It thank was you always a for pleasure. Having studio. Yes, our yeah. home studio. It felt a bit smoother than it has been. Yes. Yeah. yes. Get some visual feedback. Uh, nice and snappy episode that is almost, almost about to cross the one hour mark. So maybe we should just sign off now. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>